autonomous mining. ASI offers autonomous vehicle solutions that are OEM independent, allowing mixed fleets to operate seamlessly. Put your mind at the leading edge. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us today on Uptime Logistics. It's powered by Cap Logistics and I'm your host, Doug Draper. I'm with Acme Distribution and the Denver Transportation Club, and we are excited about today's guest. Um, it's a great topic everybody has interest in. I know that I do. And uh, with us today is uh, Drew Larson. He's with ASI, excuse me, ASI Mining. It's innovative robotic solutions specific to the mining industry. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff with uh, autonomous uh, uh, mining and support services out there. So uh, I'm looking for a great Looking forward to a great show. But we always like to start off and learn a little bit about our guest and um, kind of their journey and story and their career. So first of all, Drew, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Doug. It's great to be here. I'm excited to share some cool information about what's happening in mining with technology. Yeah, perfect. Well, like I said, we like to learn a little bit about, about you. So give us kind of your your history, what's your story, Drew? Give us a lowdown and kind of how you found your way to ASI and then maybe a little bit about your company. Well, great. Yeah, thanks, Doug. I, um, you know, I started off as a computer scientist uh, programmer for an aerospace company years ago at the beginning of my career and, and uh, was doing factory automation for, um, for aircraft production in Southern California. And uh, kind of got me in the technology space with, um, with uh, things that, uh, really try to increase productivity and, and make things more efficient in, in production environments. Mm -hmm. uh, I moved into more uh, international things, worked for a, a company uh, doing um, airport equipment supply throughout the world. And, and um, that also had a technology element to it. And then um, eventually after 9-11, uh, after some things changed in the industry and I, I moved into a vehicle uh, production with uh, an OEM producing specialized vehicles to the market. So uh, I've had this blend of technology and, and vehicles, uh, factory automation, and uh, several years ago, well, about seven years ago, actually, um, I heard about this cool technology company that was doing self-driving robotics in different industries. And I, I just, I thought, man, that that is the coupling of everything I love, big, big machines, uh, trucks and, and other mobile equipment with technology and, and um, worked out that that I was just fascinated with uh, with the company, what they did. Uh, global reach is, is what I really had an emphasis in well. And so it was the perfect way for me to kind of pair my background in technology with my love for, for big machines and, and equipment. And so that that is ASI. Uh, autonomous solutions and uh, it, it has not disappointed. It's been a, really a thrill and a challenge ever since. So I currently am the director of business development for ASI Mining. Uh, ASI is kind of focused on several, several different uh, industries, but I am specifically in the, the mining industry, which is really um, probably the, the industry that uh, leverages the autonomous technology more so than probably any other industry uh, out there just because of the, uh, the the secure nature of mines, et cetera. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice, that's great. Well, we'll jump into the topic. I, I love the fact that big machines and robots, right? I was excited about it. And obviously that's the reason you got into 
into this. So a uh, great topic. But, you know, one thing that, that struck me is, as you and I were talking earlier this week is the autonomous technology and why it's so uh, important specific to mining. I know ASI does a handful of things, but, you know, how is autonomous technology really developed and, and talk about its importance into the mining industry specifically? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and it really it really goes to what's the value proposition that robotics can bring into mining. And there's several, um, you know, mines have been focused on safety for years. Um, they're probably, uh, from a regulatory standpoint, the most regulated uh, industries out there. Um, they're hazardous environments. Uh, they're people in, in very dirty and dangerous places. And so they are exposed to hazards. And unfortunately, the industry does experience annually uh, fatalities and inju injuries throughout uh, throughout the, the industry, which is always unfortunate. Uh, the good thing is that, that mining has been very aggressive in focus on, focusing on uh, solutions and improvements for human safety. And robotics is probably the single biggest uh, driver of, of safety improvements just because we can remove operators from those hazardous environments and either put them remotely in, a, in an office environment or somewhere that, that's uh, removed from that uh, situation. So safety is always a big driver. And then of course, um, some other practical things, cost. Um, having, um, having more production with uh, the same fleet um, size that, that they currently have, uh, squeezing more out of their assets. You know, these, these big haul trucks, they're paying four to six million dollars for a, a big, um, you know, 250 ton haul truck. You want to use that asset as much as you possibly can. And so autonomy really helps to increase the utilization of those, those vehicles. Uh, robots can drive when, when humans want to take breaks and shift changes and, and uh, everything else. So um, yeah, the, the boost to both pro productivity and, and cost reduction is a, is a big one as well. And the last thing I'll mention is that, you know, mining is one of those industries where it's been a bit of a challenge to get perhaps younger people to be interested in, in, in those careers. Uh, so mines have kind of struggled, as many industries have, with attracting, you know, new, new talent, new labor force to, uh, to come, especially in some of the remote areas of the world where mining exists. So it's always been a challenge to, to, for mines to get a full roster of people needed to, to really operate their mines and, and, and have, um, you know, that stable, reliable workforce. Um, so those are kind of the big drivers of autonomy, and uh, you know it's it's a perfect pairing because the technology solves exactly those those key problems uh, very very nicely. Right. Yeah. You know, I was I was thinking that uh, you know the autonomous nature of things. People will e either immediately think of things they can see on the surface, and here's this autonomous truck that I can see, and then there's uh, autonomous underneath the ground, right? And so uh, do you guys get involved with both, I guess, for lack of a better comparison, above ground and below ground and the automation that's involved with that? Are they same types of technology, just dif different pieces of equipment? Is, is one more advanced than the other? Is one more important than the other? Talk and maybe compare and contrast surface automation versus underground automation. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, they are similar in a lot of ways. Um, in that we have to we have to control a, a vehicle wh whether it's above ground or below we have to be able to command braking steering uh, acceleration transmission etc so 
we, we do have onboard automation that we, we, we typically retrofit uh, a conversion of a, of a vehicle so that it, it becomes uh, what's referred to as drive-by wire. So it, it can be controlled electronically. And that's common surface and underground. Uh, the way that autonomous vehicles navigate uh, traditionally in, in mining is that through GPS, um, GPS uh, positioning, right? So uh, surface automation, we have access to satellites, we can uh, position vehicles using GPS anywhere in the, anywhere in the mine uh, using that GPS, which does not occur underground. So uh, we're in a GPS denied environment underground, which poses uh, a big challenge for how vehicles can be navigated underground. So they use things like cameras and light, LIDAR and radar solutions that, that can localize or, or identify their position using these sensors that give kind of a relative position uh, based on um, where they are, what, what things they've seen uh, before. Uh, you could kind of compare it to as you're you're driving through a, a tunnel that's got some features, you say, oh, I've seen that before. I, I know where that is. And so these systems can recognize uh, different characteristics of, of their environment and, and be able to identify where they are. Much, much bigger technical challenge to position. Uh, and so uh, it, it is something that, that the technology exists to be able to navigate and operate underground. Uh, we are, you know, our company is focused primarily on on surface, just because there's so much low hanging fruit there. But uh, autonomy in underground is definitely a a, a critical thing that uh, is being deployed successfully now. Underground work is inherently more dangerous, uh, so th there is more risk there. So definitely, the need is is probably greater in underground uh, mining from a safety standpoint. Um, so. Yeah, the, the long answer to the question is yes, it exists in both. There's some different challenges with communication and, and GPS underground. Those problems are being solved. Those problems uh, d definitely um, are solvable and, and, and the technology is being deployed underground. But uh, surface is definitely um, where the majority of mining exists today. Uh, a much bigger portion of the, the, the overall mining industry is surface uh, surface mining. And so that, that's our primary focus. But yeah, our roadmap definitely intends to be underground as well. Nice. Well, like anything in, in, uh, in life and advancements as we move forward, there's always uh, inherent challenges uh, with implementation and things. And I'm sure there's been some challenges and opportunities, maybe is a better word, um, that you've been able to identify and, and overcome. Um, you know, a couple that I wanted to, to maybe touch on would be um, you know, kind of the cost return on investment, and then maybe opportunities for not a full-on integration or, or transition to autonomy, but maybe a hybrid operation where you're trying to connect autonomous features to uh, parts of the system that are not autonomous. So maybe I guess in the, the, the question here is what challenges have you guys run into and opportunities as you've done the integration when you're out in the field? Yeah, well, there's, you know, a couple of things to, to comment on there. Um, the, the key drivers, as I mentioned, really, uh, it's based on a return on investment model, ROI model, that, that basically says, as we automate things, uh, what, what's the return uh, from the automation? Uh, it is not inexpensive. To, these are not easy problems to solve. The technology uh, includes 
uh, a layer of infrastructure requirement, you know, network communications and things that, that do that do add up to a, a lot of investment. And so really being able to uh, command a haul truck, for example, um, really what that does is, uh, as I mentioned before, getting a truck that's that's in a 24/7 operational environment that has to that has to pause as as drivers uh, have to be replaced as the end of the shifts and, and you've got that shift change uh, that shift change element that, that causes downtime um, you know breaks and, and absenteeism there's a lot of uh, different kinds of delays that, that can occur in, in a mining environment so in a 24-hour clock, a, a mining truck might be operated, um, you know, 80% of the time. It maybe you, you look at something like uh, 16 hours a day, for example, of a real productive use out of that out of that vehicle. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you eliminate those human-caused delays with the the technology, you can squeeze maybe three four hours a day of additional mining uh, using that truck. And so you look at what's those four hours uh, of time worth in terms of a, a dollar. Uh, and generally, as you, as you add that up over time and compare that with the, the cost, the, the initial CapEx cost of rolling these systems out, uh, the, the return on investment is definitely there. And so that's why these, these uh, autonomous systems are, are continuing to expand globally. Um, they, they've been been growing uh, year over year at a pretty significant rate. We're still early on in, in the overall life cycle of the technology and mining, but it, it, its pace of adoption is, is, is really remarkable and, and accelerating. Um, you talked about integration of, of things. It is not an easy problem, as I mentioned. So we, we do need to integrate with network systems. These can be LTE systems or Wi-Fi systems that, that basically allow us to communicate uh, between a truck and, and a control station, for example, that, that knows where everything is in proximity to each other. And so integration with those uh, communication layers. Uh, we have to integrate with what's called dispatch systems, fleet management systems that really uh, orchestrate where things go. So, you know, we can control a, a machine or a truck but how do we know where it's supposed to go? Well, we have to integrate with these existing systems that are dispatching the trucks. Um, those are a couple of examples, but boy, there's a lot of different things. You know, onboard tire pressure monitoring systems or the trucks are monitoring wheel pressure. We don't have a human there, so what happens if we get a flat tire? Well, we, we have to be able to uh, electronically detect that and, and then account for that. So all of those integrations with third-party you know, high-level systems and base truck systems are definitely a part of this big integration package. And so, um, yeah, it, it's uh, complex. It, it requires a lot of um, a lot of integration work, and uh, so uh, it, it is not an inexpensive venture. But but the returns are still quite attractive based on what the technology can ultimately do for the clients. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had not thought about the integration with other third-party um, software and service overlays, right? It, there's a lot more than just a human in a cab moving moving a vehicle. And so that, yeah, it, that I could definitely see the opportunity there for, for enhancement. You know, one, one question, so that's the integration piece, the adaptation, right? We're potentially replacing humans and humans have pride and emotion and, 
and there may be, you know, reluctancy um, to say, listen, I know where to go in the mine. I know I'm best. I've been doing this for years and I know how to find things and, and make this uh, process more efficient. Um, so, you know, that, that's a, a, a skill, a dance that you have between adaptation and tribal knowledge of my skill set as a human versus the integration or versus the automation that's coming to the table. How have you seen that? That's more kind of the, the HR touchy feely aspect of it, but I think it's important to, to talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a it's a really important factor. Um, you know, we've been really fortunate in in the industry um, to date, and and you know, mining has been adopting autonomous technology for over a decade. But uh, to date, there have not been uh, reported a single instance of a layoff associated with the deployment of auto automation. Uh, for 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 driving vehicles, um, the obviously the stereotype is well that the robots are going to come and, and replace jobs and we're going to have to lay off a bunch of drivers and and that just hasn't traditionally been the case. Uh, it is true that the workforce changes that those driving positions uh, uh, can be changed. Uh, what we've seen most commonly occur is that it provides more opportunity for those for those uh, drivers, for example. To, to take different jobs, to, to move into the organizations. And, and so far the industry has been really good about absorbing the, those positions uh, and letting attrition deal with uh, some of the reductions that are, that are um, possible in, in the industry. So it has not achieved the reputation um, of being this big job killer uh, that, that was originally kind of uh, thought about. Uh, so that's been really good. In fact, I would just say that Yes, it, it does uh, give a lot of, um, of opportunity for retraining into maybe higher paid jobs, more, more skilled jobs. There's, there's definitely opportunities for people uh, that are interested in, in more uh, of the technical careers and, and, and whatnot. So it's been a great opportunity for a, a lot of people that, that really can, um, can, can play in that space and have skills that, that lend itself to that. So, yeah, so far... Um, yeah, so far it's been a good success story, I think, with how to handle the human factors. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I really like the fact that uh, there hasn't been, you know, any any layoffs. Uh, obviously, you can't speak to to every situation, but it's not this mass exodus or you know robots are replacing humans. Really, really good to to see it's it's complementary because trust me, the first thing are like robots are taking over the world and what's going on, I'm gonna lose my job type of thing, you know, and, and when you have something so tangible, massive piece of equipment above ground or underground that's moving by itself, the natural tendency is there used to be a human controlling this and now it's a robot, but ultimately there still is a human engaged, it's just at a different level. So um, here, all right, this is a cool question that I like, uh, like to ask Drew is, Future trends, you know, kind of five, seven, ten years out. You know, you said this is kind of the infancy stages of uh, of what is uh, what's out there and the potential. Talk about or paint a picture of uh, to us of what the automation looks like in five, seven years out, or even just paint a picture of what the mining situation looks like. You know, explain kind of how things are going to be moving, operating, integrating differently um, five years from now. Yeah, that, that's a hard one to really answer. Um, I'll, I'll try to just give you a couple of different thoughts that, that we have, you know, and um, you, you can you can definitely see not only in mining, but in, in automotive space and, and other uh, industries that 
the, the, the OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers that produce the vehicles, are very committed to uh, automation, to autonomous control of their vehicles. And so a, as it is in, in our industry, in mining, uh, most of the major OEMs are, are very much, very active in the space, deploying systems that are, um, that are autonomous driving. And, and, uh, and so they are uh, continuing, I think, uh, what will what will continue over time is that most vehicles produced at some point in time will, will come from the factory as, as fairly uh, well drive by wire and definitely uh, autonomous ready as as you could refer to it. Um, and so that that is just going to become the norm. Self-driving capable vehicles are just going to be normal in mining. That that uh, mm -hmm. that is the key thing. And so we see that uh, we see that happening. We. Um, you know, our focus has been an agnostic approach. We're independent from OEMs, and so we're more of a, an integration uh, engineering company, if you will, that, that can take vehicles, the capabilities that come from OEMs, and, and get them to work with other, uh, you know, other makes and models of vehicles in kind of a mixed environment. Um, OEMs tend to tend to try to have um, you know leverage technology to, to basically facilitate more more vehicle sales, and so um, very much their technology is paired with the, their strategy of, of uh, promoting their own brands. Whereas uh, independent suppliers, we have much more opportunity to kind of mix and match and, and um, put things together from different OEMs and, and get them to work in, in a system integrate with third-party systems and, and uh, the interoperability or the ability to integrate with those third-party systems is really kind of what independent companies like, like ASI focuses on. And, and we feel like that is a real big advantage in the industry uh, to, to remain independent, agnostic, and, and be able to put things together. Um, so uh, the, the path for an independent supplier might say, well, we'll, we'll be able to, to mix and match with, with different OEM solutions as they come more and more technology ready from factory and, and put them together. And so we, we do see that continuing to happen. Um, you know, 5G has just uh, come out and, and it's being deployed globally. So you, you see uh, communication technology becoming more and more ubiquitous, more and more capable of, of higher bandwidths and and greater speeds and, and latency, et cetera. And so that is definitely an enabler for the technology in, in mining and other industries. We do rely on, on the communication layer. And so as communications continue to accelerate the advancements there, that further makes these systems inherently more reliable, um, more capable uh, to do more things, streaming video and that kind of, of, of thing is, is definitely limited with low bandwidth networks. So um, it opens up the door for a lot of, uh, of, of interesting things. Um, the other thing I, I would mention is that, you know, we've talked about um, haul trucks. So um, yeah, I might, uh, show a picture of, of a, of a ultra-class haul truck, these 270-ton, uh, up to 400-ton haul trucks that run around with no drivers in them. But really, in mining is is, is really uh, driven by a, a whole ecosystem of machines, starting with the, the drilling process. So uh, autonomous drills are definitely on the market today. Uh, they're produced and, and can navigate a drill bench and, and very precisely drill holes. 
uh, followed by blasting trucks that come in and, and charge those holes with explosives and detonation and be, be able to uh, conduct a blast that, that will fragment the, the material and, and make it conducive for, for the loading, which is next when we they, they come in with the shovels and diggers and, and uh, remove that material, load the hull trucks and haul that to crusher or, or elsewhere. So all throughout that process, there are heavy machines, dangerous uh, jobs, uh, opportunities for improvement in utilization and safety and, and productivity. And so, um, yeah, we, we see we see this ecosystem continuing to flesh out with more and more autonomous capabilities. So uh, drilling, yeah, certainly autonomous drilling is here today. We, we also have a, a blasting program where we're actually um, in a, a semi-autonomous fashion delivering uh, explosives to the to the uh, to the blast bench. Uh, haulage, et cetera. Uh, but some of the other exciting things down the road are things like uh, loading. Uh, we, we've automated wheel loaders that can remove material from a stockpile and, and take it to a, a, a waiting truck and load it without a, a single operator in, in, the, in the truck. And so that that is technology that's coming. Probably the hardest problem is that the excavator, though, is digging material out without a human in that autonomously, just because of the nature of being able to sense material and, and know how to position the bucket and all that. But over time, these things will continue to flesh out and capabilities will grow such that the entire mining operation can become more and more integrated, more and more autonomous, more efficient. And, and really, you think about that as a, a manufacturing process where these different things become uh, very automated, integrated, work together, and, and much more efficient. So that's really the path we're on. And frankly, it'll probably take you know a decade to really achieve all that. So I, I'd say there's plenty of opportunity across you know the entire ecosystem of, of mining operations. Yeah. No, that's great. I, earlier, you said that a key point is connecting with third-party overlays and things of that nature. And I had not thought uh, about what you just said is that you can automate multiple features. Because when we were talking, it's like, okay, the haul truck that, that you spoke about earlier, it's tangible, it's visible, but that's only one small part of the automation picture um, that, that, and the potential that's out there for uh, savings. Safety obviously is a huge part of it and then validating the return on investment. So if we have some of our listeners um, that want to, Get more information about what your company does or hey i know somebody that may uh, have interest in learning more about uh, these types of services what uh, what do they do to learn more how do they contact you um, give us that lowdown yeah well you know uh we we're talking about mining today but we're doing some really cool things in other industries as well automotive we we, we are out in a lot of different uh, proving grounds with the big automotive companies uh, we've done work in agriculture, and we're doing some really cool things ar around some of those other industries as well. Material handling and logistics. There's just uh, just an intense interest in in automation in general, probably for the same reasons that are happening in mining, uh, labor factors, safety, etc. And so, yeah, we, we're uh, we're very much um, broadly focused across multiple industries. In mining, uh, obviously, um, you know we we are uh, a pretty well known brand in, in mining automation. But for those that are want to learn more and, and have a passion for this, um, yeah, asirobots.com is is our website. Uh, we um, we have some cool things that we can show on, on our website and, and learn more about the technology. 
um, and that, that, that were out there at trade shows and throughout the industry. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, it's a, a very, uh, it's a very cool thing to see these, these robots being deployed. Um, you know, we've all heard about Google car and Apple and all that, and, and these things that are self-driving on, on, on pedestrian streets, but we're actually in production in, in mining. This is real. It's, it's today. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's very active. And so, um, yeah. If you want to kind of get a glimpse of the future, go to mining because that's where it's happening yeah. right right now. Nice. Yeah, if you want to geek out, I guess that's that's maybe the the, the word you're looking for. But yeah, it's definitely um, definitely interesting. And this show and your comments today have been really really educational. There's definitely connections I had not thought of when on service we started talking about the uh, innovative uh, robotic solutions at ASA Mining and. Drew Larson, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Uh, hopefully our audience enjoyed our conversation. And, and again, thank you for your time. Yeah, my pleasure, Doug. Thank you for the time and, and uh, been, been fun. Thank you. Awesome. And I'd also like to thank uh, our audience today for joining us on Uptime Logistics. Uh, of course, it's powered by Cap Logistics, and you can find more information about the show in the description below. And, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, to Cap Logistics channel, and please visit caplogistics.com for customized transportation solutions. Drew, have an awesome uh, rest of your winter. Thanks for joining us on the uh, Uptime Logistics podcast today. Thanks, Doug. Take care, everybody.